Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns, and we're a little bit different today as we are sitting on Zoom together rather than sitting together in the sanctuary, but uh, uh, we still are just uh, excited to be here together for this Cut for Time conversation. Uh, today, we're digging into Eric's message from Sunday. I was gone on vacation, was doing some presenting with my family, and uh, so Eric stepped into the pulpit and did some great work on Second Timothy and the idea of an elevator pitch for the gospel of Jesus Christ and for us to know and live into the the, the idea of why we follow Jesus. So let's get into it. Sounds good. Yeah, so the idea kind of actually came to me while I was sitting in the tractor and I was just mulling over what um, what the what the passage said, you know, and how do we share the gospel and and how do we deal with itching ears? And create, um, essentially create re- religions for themselves or, or, you know, just follow yeah. whatever they want to follow. Create God in their own image and not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. And so I just kept thinking about that. And I'm like, that just screams today. Yeah. And, and so then I just got to thinking about how, how do we get to those people? How do we talk to them in a way that they're actually going to listen for a little while? Sure. And I'm like, how, well, no one listens right now. I mean, (laughs) everyone's stuck in their phones or worried about other stuff and they fill their lives with so many things. Something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. So I'm like, okay, well, this is really like an elevator pitch that we, you know, we talk about at DGR and we, you know, Mm -hmm. other businesses talk about it all the time. And I was just like, hey, I'm an engineer. I like practical things. Let's talk about a practical thing or a practical application. Yes, definitely. So... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's where the inspiration came. See, I just need a, I've learned that I, in order to hear God speak to me, it has to just be a quiet place where I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. Either in a tractor, it's while I'm running. It's the two places where I've experienced that. Sure. And it happens almost every time I write it. When I write a sermon, it's either, most of the time it's been when, when I'm running. Sure. Um, this time was an attractor, but right. same kind of the same, yep. kind of that same, same atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. And with, you know, you being in the midst of harvest right now, like that's, that makes sense. I mean, you're going to be spending more time there right now. And I mean, mm-hmm. modern farming is what it is. And, you know, the, the, the combine can do almost everything except for drive itself. And so, mm-hmm. You know, there's there is that ample time to to ponder and to think and to and to dream and to wonder and when you have a sermon and you know to to to, to be thinking about, yeah, no. that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, practical application is just my what I what I lean towards when I mm-hmm. when I you know read read the Bible or okay, how do I apply this? Right, that's what I always come back to and. Yep. That's what I wanted to talk about. How do I apply what I just read? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. So one of the questions I had for you, Eric, um, was based on something that was earlier in the scripture that we didn't touch on uh, touch on as much. 
Um, but at the start of the scripture, Paul says to Timothy, um, you know, as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from who you've learned it. Um, you know, there's part of that where Paul is talking about himself and like the importance of of his relationship um, uh, with with Timothy. I mean, this is this is these these are Paul's final words to Timothy because we're not certain if Timothy and Paul ever ever connect before Paul's put to death for his faith. And he says, you know, um, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, and know from who you've learned it talking about Paul, but also if we read earlier in Second Timothy, um, Paul also comments on the fact that Eunice and Lois, um, Paul's grandmother and mother, were very important and very influential in the life of his faith. Um, and so I was just kind of wondering as of as we've every as, as we've revisited that scripture, um, who are some of those people for you that you would count as the having been influential uh to your developing faith? Sure. Um Let's see. Well, the two people that jump out first are my grandma and grandpa Stearns, Alan and Mavis Stearns. Um, they were longtime members of our church, and I got to grow up watching them interact with the church or uh, support the church in many different ways. Um, sure. Grandpa was the quiet one who was always in the background fixing things and building things and helping where he needed to help physically. Um, wasn't one, you know, and then sang in the choir every single Sunday, no matter what. Um, he wasn't one to, to, uh, he'd be on committees, but he wasn't the spokesperson for those committees. He was just, he was just a very quiet person. So he was a very steady person that you could just, you knew exactly what he was thinking and what he believed without him having to tell you because he just lived his faith. Sure. You could watch him live his faith. And, and there's lots of people in the church who would still, you know, would knew him and would agree with me 100%. <laughs> um, grandma was the more uh, the more outspoken one of the two. She was still very respectful and, sure. and uh, didn't try to push people around or, or kind of force her way of anything. But she was one in the church that if she didn't approve of what was happening. We just didn't do that. Mm. Like she was the one that had to approve what was going to happen. Sure. Uh, she was kind of, yeah, she was kind of that leader of the church for quite some time, I would say. Um, and yeah, she, she honestly was the one, uh, if you ask my dad, because people ask him, where did I get this? gift of of public speaking and preaching sure um he says it's from grandma that grandma used to fill in from time to time sure. when, when needed and she actually took a couple courses okay on on preaching um and so yeah those two uh will always stand out to me as uh, people that i want to fashion my life after um I did a sermon at Lake Ponset this summer for our family reunion. Where our, oh, yeah. We yep. always go to church um, um, on Sunday at camp when we're there for our family reunion. And they asked me to preach this year. And so I preached on Hebrews 12, which talks about um, uh, the people that have come before us and to, to run the race and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yep, the but great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. The great cloud of witnesses. Yes. And I spent most of the sermon just talking about them 
and how that camp meant so much to them, how they had such a great impact on our lives. And the fact that they've been gone for five years now mm. and no one in our family even second guesses if we're getting together. We just, I mean, that's just what we do. We go to, yeah. you know, our, they, they showed us how important faith was and how important family was. Yeah. And that's just stuck with us, you know, even if, since they've been gone for five years. So, right. Yeah, those two are are the ones that stand out the most. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. How about for you? I would say that for me, um, a lot of it was watching my grandparents as well. Um, my grandma Doris, like I have one of her Bibles. I don't have her like main Bible because I went to my uncle, my uncle George, who was a pastor down in Texas. Um, but when she passed, I was given one of her Bibles. Um, and she was just one of the most diligent saints that I know of. I mean, she was a part of this Korean fundamentalist church in Gregory, South Dakota. Um, for when, from, from the time that they moved to town until the time that she passed away in 2006. Um, but, you know, she like hosted a weekly Bible study in her home. Um, and just, you know, and those Bible study ladies were not just learning about the Bible with her and, you know, and studying and learning together. They were also just forming community and and really just associating with one another in in very real ways. And so like, if I was to spend the night there on a Friday night into a Saturday, Saturday morning would always be breakfast uh, down at the cafe with the Bible study ladies. Um, That was just kind of, they were so, so ingrained in, in not just social, not just in, in church life, but in social life as well. And so, Um, they had, they just, just had this way of, of bridging those two things together. Um, and then on my, my mom's side, my grandpa, my grandma, Mary was also really influential in my faith as well. Um, she was a part of Eastern star, which is a religious organization, kind of like the Masons. Um, but it's very steeped in scripture and, and tradition and, and, and that kind of type of stuff. And so watching their faith and watching them live their faith um, as they you know, were in their more senior years even just kind of consistently reminded me that there's no retirement plan in the kingdom of God. Um, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's nothing that we're too old to do or no, there's nothing where it's too late to do something like we can just live our faith. And that doesn't, mm-hmm. that, that changes in kind of the regard in regards of how in our, in our more senior years, but it doesn't change the fact that it's important. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So those are definitely two people that I think of when it comes to like family members um, that are, that are really, really influential to me as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so cool though? Like we both just mentioned, we could just watch them live their faith and know what great of an example that was. Yep. I think that's huge. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. You in just treating people the way that they need to be treated. Yep. Um, can go such a long ways in showing, yeah, what God wants us to do or showing them God's love. Definitely, like, that's huge. Yeah, I think I so. Yeah, I think Sometimes. that echoes to preaching the gospel in season and out of season. I mean, I mean that's mm-hmm. just such a you know a tangible way of looking at that and what that can look like. You know, and I know that it was Saint Francis of Assisi that said to preach the gospel when you with all the time and when necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's so much that we can learn about God by watching the action of faithful people. Absolutely. So how long, so, we, you know, Second Timothy, Paul in chapter four kind of talks about this is the end for him. And, and he knows that his time on earth is coming very soon. Mm-hmm. How long after this book did Paul pass away? 
It was not long. Paul's second letter to the Timothy was written sometime between AD 64 and AD 65. And like the martyrdom of Paul is held to be, um, you know, AD 67. So it was within a couple of years that Paul would have written these words to Timothy to say that he's being poured out. Like he's going to go on to say in the even later part of second Timothy that he's being poured out like a drink offering, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that is about to happen pretty imminently. I mean, it's, it's a year basically. So what, what was his indication that that was coming soon, I guess? Um, the persecutions, the persecutions were, in, were really intensifying in that time. Um, this would have been um, under Emperor Nero. Um, and like, you know, Emperor Nero was a very famous, like very famous emperor for his persecution of Christian people, um, you know, and, and people of faith and people that wouldn't worship him, um, but would rather worship actual God rather than worshiping the emperor. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the persecutions were intensifying. I think that the incidents of Paul, there are definitely some stories in the book of Acts where Paul got away with some stuff. And then there were some times where Paul didn't get away with stuff. You know, there was times when Paul was beaten and thrown into prison. And, you know, I think that that, that intensified near the end. Okay. Yep. So you could just kind of sense that. Right. It could be also that he's just been in jail for so long that he just starts to not abandon hope, but also abandon hope of being like not of giving up a hope of giving up of hope entirely, but just shifting what that hope is going to look like. I mean, he may have wanted to be free or released, but then that hope may be subsided into the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, where he didn't give up, but he just start he just started to change what he was praying for and hoping that what 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 would happen, what would happen next. So um so answers to that. Sure. I, I liked the the stuff around the why. Um but there was stuff before that too, wasn't there? Yeah. So the four questions that I talked about <clears throat> were who you are, where you work, who you serve, and why why should the person buy your product? Yeah, I understand why we went pretty quickly through the first couple of those, because when you're preaching to a congregation, like it's, you know, who we are is the Canton United Methodist Church. And I really liked how at the end of your and then your message, you kind of brought that back around to our mission statement of making disciples who make a difference. You know, I really, mm-hmm. that was a really, really smart move of just kind of even further grounding of who we are. You know, we are mm-hmm. the Canton United Methodist Church, but, uh, but you know, what does that exactly mean? You know? Yeah. 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 I thought that was a good, a good way to bring that, um, bring that together. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of outreach things, but. I think one area that every church struggles with, but ours, I don't know if ours especially, you know, any different than others, but when we don't have those, we struggle with those personal conversations. Yeah. In oh, yeah. Oh, that's, church in- that's not just a Canton problem. That is an everywhere problem. I mean, mm-hmm. there are certain, like, their evangelism has become this dirty word um, in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Like, I mean, the work of evangelism is incredibly hard because there are so many people that have, that, that hear church and then just automatically just shut down. You know, that, that is a thing. But, you know, I think that there, there's an important distinction between 
church and Jesus, you know, like yes. church is a byproduct of Jesus, but like we have to remember kind of, kind of, kind of getting back to or getting into the conversation about why, you know, our why has to be found in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is so mm -hmm. much bigger than our individual expressions of church. And also the fact that Jesus is not the human institution, you know, like Jesus is the, should be the face of the church always. Like everything we, we should do should point people to Jesus, but there have been ways where people have been harmed by the church. They haven't been harmed by Jesus, but they've been harmed by the church. And then they conflate the two to say, well, if that's what Jesus is about, then I want nothing to do with that. And there are certain stories that I hear as a pastor and certain stories that I see on, you know, social media or just hear about in, in pastor circles where you're just like, yeah, I can understand that. You know, there are things mm -hmm. that we do to people. Um, and sometimes we mean well. I mean, that it's just sometimes we mean well and things go how we don't foresee it going. And sometimes we get a little bit of that taste of, of, of power and we read something in the Bible and we start to use that to, you know, to be a club on people. And that's just not how that's supposed to work. You know, um, Jesus, yes, we are held to standards when we follow Jesus, but yet there is, there has to be that room for grace and that room for growth and that room for people to get it wrong. And that's not, you know, react strongly to that in a way and, re and react to people with grace and, 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 and react in Christ's love to them. And no better example of that is Peter. Sure. Oh yeah. There was room for grace for, you know, Oh yeah. Peter, how many times? Oh, good Lord. Yes. So, yep. I mean, that's just a perfect example of, we have standards. There's things that we should work, strive to measure up to, but right. God's always going to forgive us. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And like when we strive to, we strive to be better and we strive to do better and we strive to learn and grow and develop um, from, you know, where Peter was to, you know, a mature disciple of Jesus Christ. But even then we're going to get things wrong and we just have to understand that grace is bigger. And sometimes we watch other people get things wrong. We have to understand that grace is just bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. So did you want to step through these questions again? Sure. I think, so So the why question to me was the one that I said, you know, has the potential to pick, impact the people around us the most, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. People don't understand the why. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's not going to sink in. Yep. But I think as Christians... And we've talked about this a little bit already, but as Christians, we struggle with the who we serve. Oh, yeah. Part of it. Yep. Absolutely. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the next event at the church or the, the next, I don't know, program. Yep. The next mission kit, the yep. whatever, the, the next, next thing at project. the church. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. We get, or, or we've always done it this way and we need to get, um, we need to get back to normal. Yes. You know, that, 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 was, the, that was the big thing after, you know, in, as, as COVID started to become less of a concern and, you know, like people are like, well, we just go back to how it was before. And 
I'm sorry, that's not a world that exists anymore. The world has changed and it's up to us to adapt to that and figure out what ministry looks like now as a result of that. You know, there is yeah. no, I mean, and I know it was said a thousand and a half times during the, you know, during the heat of the pandemic is that we are going to find a new normal. I got so tired of hearing that 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 phrase of a new normal and and having to adapt and having to adjust that it just made you sick, but it really is the situation. Like we are finding what normal is going to look like again, you know. And it does look like did I mean it, it looks like keeping our live stream going, even if you know because I've talked to some other other lay people from other churches are just like, well, they're not coming back because it's just too easy to not go, and like that's not a that's not really not what's happening, like. People are making choices to be here, even when it is easier to not be here. You know, like our in-person worship is still holding fairly steady. And so is our online. But it's just kind of a matter of if people have something where they're on the go, they can still access the live stream. Like I was gone Sunday, but yet I was still in worship because I was able to watch, you know, the live stream. You know, that's what we did on our, on our drive back from 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 where we from Gregory. We turned the live stream on in our van and we, I listened and the rest of them watched church on the way home mm -hmm. from, from Gregory. So and I only yeah. listened when I was driving and trying to watch church and drive at the same time as ill-advised. Um, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there, you know, but it is, I mean, and that's, that's just one thing. I mean, uh, in person looks different than it used to. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of is what it is now. And, yeah, knowing that our knowing our why, grounding that in our mission and our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ to make a difference, you know that if we if it's what Andy Stanley says in a couple of different places, we marry that mission, we date the model, we commit ourselves to the mission, and then that means that we can adjust and adapt to what we're doing to support that mission, and that that's what changes over time. That's what, that's what adjusts. The mission is clear. Like the gospel message is clear, but then how we convey that is how that changes, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that, a good point. Knowing your why is so, so, so very important. And I don't know if I've showed it, um, I maybe showed it in leadership team, um, but there's a video out there from a comedian named Michael Jr. Um, where he talks about uh, it's a, a, a breakdown in the middle of his of his comedy show he just stops and talks to people and he uh, happens upon a guy that's a music teacher and he says well can you sing and the guy starts to sing and sings amazing grace and he has a fantastic voice and it's great and then michael jr stop he doesn't stop him he lets him sing the full verse but then he says sing it as if you just got out of, you know, a, a, a bad situation. Sing it as if you just paid off a debt. Sing it as if you just, you know, were released and uh, you're, you're, you're just free. Sing it like that. And the guy just blows the roof off of the place because he already has an amazing voice, but now he knows why he's singing. And it's just so much better. And so Michael Jr. uses that to talk about his why. You know, he said the guy that was singing Amazing Grace knew what he was singing. He was singing Amazing Grace, but the second time he knew why. And that why made all the difference. It made it so impactful. And I'm going to put that in our show notes so people can watch that um, uh, as they as they listen to the podcast. Um, but uh, 
when we know our why, it just has so much more of an impact. And when we commit to our why, it changes everything. It just becomes that defining part of not just ministry, but just our life of faith. Like if our why is to follow Jesus, if our why is to learn and grow and mature as a disciple, we stay committed to that and we fight, we, we seek out ways to, you know, to, 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 to grow in that way. Um, and then that, that, again, that just is what changes everything for us. What's your why, Clay? Why do you serve Jesus? Thanks for asking, Eric. Um, mm -hmm. I serve Jesus because when I was younger, um, people were not always kind um, to me. Um, I'm a bigger person, always have been a bigger person. Um, one of my nicknames that I just loved in high school was Fatberg. Um, because kids are awesome. Um, and the one place that I found in, the, in my entire world, the one place where I could be fully who I was, was at the church. The one place where I was accepted no matter what, without any other junk that was going on, was at the church. You know, I was always, I was always welcome to be a part of the choir. I was always welcome to be a part of worship. I was always welcome to be a part of what attempt at youth group we had, you know, and I want to be that for someone else. Like I want to be that I want to create spaces that are that for somebody else. And so that's why I serve in a church. Like that's my, that's my, my call to pastoral ministry in the context of a local church, but it's so that supports the why of that level of acceptance and the, of that level of hospitality and welcome and that, and bringing that sense of belonging. Um, I, that's what I want. That's what I've experienced in Jesus. And that's what I want everyone to have the opportunity to experience as they live out their lives of faith. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you? What would you say your why is? My why is I just feel, honestly, I feel like I am the happiest person in the world because, and the luckiest person in the world, or just the most blessed person because I am surrounded by, and I've always been surrounded by followers of Jesus, these people who have, I have watched as I've grown up, just know what they want or know, know what the truth is. And so when I watch those examples in front of me, it just makes me want to be like them. And, and I have been blessed in so many ways. I have a wonderful family. I have a wonderful job. I have a wonderful place to live. And the only thing that makes sense to me is that I was blessed with this by something that's bigger than me. Mm. And it only makes, that's, that's the only way that any of this makes sense to me. Why I was granted this, I don't know. I'm going to turn, use it to, to bless others. And that's my why, because yeah, I've just, I've witnessed the humility that it's brought our family, the, the blessings it's brought our family. Um, and it only makes sense. Nice. So yeah, that's my why. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we have coming up next week? Yeah, so next week, uh, we are going to be digging into the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. 
Um, Jesus, the, the way that Luke's gospel phrases it is that Jesus is speaking to a crowd that trusted themselves more than they trusted God. And he tells this story of a Pharisee and a tax collector that went into the temple to pray. And the Pharisee basically prays, well, God, thank God that I'm not that guy. Um, you know, I'm not this tax collector here. I do these things. I list off these reasons that I'm so great. And thank you, God, you know, but the, the fair, the tax collector cannot even talk. The tax collector beats his breast and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And like, not even just a sinner, like the way that the Greek works in this passage is that he is calling himself the sinner. Like he is heaping on those ashes upon himself to say that I am so sinful that I am the sinner. Um mm -hmm. And Jesus, the punchline of that, the, nim, the the technical word is the nimshal, the nimshal of the parable, the learning that we're supposed to take from that. Jesus says that one of them left the temple justified and the other one did not. Mm. And the answer of who that is is surprising to everybody because it's not the Pharisee who appears to be doing all the right things. It's the tax collector because the Pharisee is doing the right things for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. The tax collector is bringing his whole heart and his whole self before God and saying, I know that I don't measure up and I need you to have mercy on me. And so the crowd would have heard that and just thought that this was the most ridiculous story that Jesus ever told because clearly it should have been the Pharisee that would have been the justified one because that's the servant of God. That's the one doing all of the things. That's the one that is you know, that should be justified. And the tax collector is nothing but a dirty sinner and a blood traitor against his own people because he's working for the Romans. We're going to talk Sunday about what that means for us and how we approach God. Do we do the right thing for the wrong reasons or do we bring our whole and authentic selves before God when we come not just to worship, but as we live out our lives of faith and live our, you know, live in, 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 the, in the light of what our why is. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's like it was a it's like it's a mini series or I something. know right <laughs> good job team mm -hmm. yeah no so that's gonna be what, we're, what we dig into on Sunday I'm really looking forward to it so awesome sounds yeah. great well thanks for joining us again on this week's Cut for Time podcast we're a little bit different format this week but, but uh, thanks for bearing through it please join us again next week in person or online at 10 a.m for church and then see you back here again next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.